This episode of Fermented Adventure the Podcast features Josh Morton of Barrows Intense Ginger. In this episode, you'll learn all about this sensational, delicious ginger liqueur. Make sure you reach out to Josh and Barrows Intense Ginger and let them know what you thought about the podcast. Cheers! Ladies and gentlemen, craft spirit enthusiasts, and those interested in the intoxicating world of craft distilleries, cideries, meaderies, wineries, and the occasional foray into breweries. It's Rich Shane, and welcome to Fermented Adventure, the podcast, where we bring you the fascinating people that are making the mash, fermenting, distilling, bottling, pouring, and delivering to you some of the finest libations in the world. Before we get started, here are a few housekeeping items. Thank you for bringing the podcast into wherever you are and whatever you're doing. We truly are grateful that you've chosen to listen and make us part of your day. It would mean the world to us if you left a five-star review. This helps us climb in the rankings and it makes it easier for others to find us. Don't hesitate to leave us your comments as well. If the podcast didn't meet your expectations, tell us why. We're always striving to improve. You can find us at fermentedadventure.com. We are on Instagram and Facebook as Fermented Adventure. Email us at fermentedadventure at gmail.com. All right, FA Nation, let's meet our guests. He's Josh Morton. I'm Rich Shane. This is Fermented Adventure, the podcast. Josh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Rich. Good to be here. Josh, I'm excited. I'm thrilled. I am overflowing with energy because we finally get to talk Barrow's Intense Ginger today. So we're just going to say this is going to be an intense podcast. Uh, it, you're, you're right on brand there, my friend. I love how it. Did, how did Barrow's <laughs> get started? Uh, so it, it got started as a, a hobby. I mean, I literally made it in my kitchen for my friends for a good 10 years before I turned it into a product that I started selling. So it was a, a happy accident. Um, I had started out, um, I'd been to Italy and I had limoncello in Italy and anyone who's had limoncello in Italy knows, you know, when you go in, it's made by the restaurant you're going into. It's super fresh. It's delicious. And then got back to the States and bought a bottle and was super disappointed and confused as to why it didn't taste like the homemade stuff that I had in Italy. Um, I'm going to make this, I'm going to truncate the short, the story, because this can get really long if I go into all the details. But a, no, a tell the whole mine, story, because this is the fascinating connection to what you do. And to your point, what you said about if you go to Italy or you go to somebody's smaller craft restaurant or distillery or whatever, it's it's small batch. It's made with love. And that's what you're doing. That's that's what you're creating. Um, yeah. So so, I mean, the thing about limoncello is any commercial limoncello has preserves in it because the, the citrus flavor is not going to last. And. Uh, and that's really the difference when you're tasting that versus the stuff that you get that's homemade. So I had a, actually had a friend who had been a chef in Italy as an American. So that tells you his level of talent. And and he, I was visiting him and he had uh, he had made some homemade limoncello and and it was amazing. And he was like, oh, it's not that hard to do. You could do it yourself. And it isn't that hard to do. It's hard to do well. And so he gave me some tips and tricks about how to do it the right way. And then he also had these experimental batches that he had in his, his freezer as well. And he was like, yeah, and you, you can riff on it. You don't have to just do lemon. You can do other flavors. So what I started doing was I would make a, um, 
limoncello. And then I would make uh, an experimental batch. And the experimental batch, I'd do blood orange. I did grapefruit. I did um, rosemary. I did horseradish. I did all sorts of stuff. And um, when uh, one day we had some extra ginger in the house that wasn't being used, and we um, I used that. So I made a lemon ginger version, and my friends really liked it. So I would I would basically hit, we would have dinner parties all the time. We'd have friends over, and we'd just serve it after dinner as a digestif over ice, like you do with limoncello. And uh, I don't know if you've ever made limoncello. Have you, Rich? No, haven't. Okay. Not, well, we, we have not made anything except for I've got a carboy of mead downstairs. And at one point, I'm going to have the bottle. But if you give me all the directions to do this, some of your other ideas, these other flavors, I mean, you already have this ginger liqueur dialed in. I'm not going to step on that. But some of these other ideas sound delicious. Well, there's a there's a reason I just did the ginger because the other ones weren't as as delicious. So. Um, but maybe you could come up with something different that would be better um, or different. Uh, so anyway, when you're making limoncello, at least the way I was, I was taught, there's a bunch of different versions, but the way I was taught was it, you're zesting the, the lemons and the key is to not get the pith because the pith is bitter. And so you want to just get the, the, the essence of the gin, of the lemon. And so uh, I was hand zesting, you know, dozens of lime, lemons with uh, a microplaner and invariably, you would zest your thumb and you would get lemon in your eye and your hand would cramp. And it was basically a very painful experience to do. And so anything to reduce the amount of lemons that I had to deal with was, was preferable. And so when I first did the batch with ginger, I used, you know, maybe half as many lemons as I had done the time before, you know, for a regular, just lemon batch. And I was just grinding the ginger up in a food processor so then the next time I did it being lazy and, and not enjoying hand cramps and, you know, uh, zested thumbs and lemon in the eye, uh, I did a, only a quarter of the lemons. And then the, then the next time I did it, I did no lemon and I just did hundred percent ginger. And my friends went like, this is the winner and they loved it. And so it was easier to make and everyone liked it better. And so after a certain point, I stopped making limoncello altogether and just did this. And, and I would, you know, make a batch every three to six months, something like that. And then we'd have dinner parties and just throw it over ice. And it was like a nice fun thing that I did for my friends. And this went on for, for, for a few years. And then we uh, had a kid stopped having as many dinner parties. And one of my friends started complaining about the fact that they couldn't get their ginger fix and went out to the store one day and, and bought, a bottle of ginger liqueur in the store. And they had the same experience that I had had when I bought the limoncello as in, Hey, this is not the same thing. And so they, um, uh, at the time were working at the food network. And so they were like, you should turn this into a product. And I was like, you're crazy. Who goes into the liquor business? I don't know anything about it. Uh, and at the time, and this was 10, this was 10, 12 years ago now, uh, there weren't as the craft spirits revolution hadn't really taken off yet. Um, it was just starting to percolate. And so uh, I 
you know, put them off for a little bit. And then they started recruiting other friends into the process to get me to do it. And and I was, in, I was this is like an intervention. <laughs> yeah, it kind of was. It's like a ginger liqueur intervention. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, I, I, I was a small business computer consultant. So I worked for myself. I had worked with lots of small businesses. And so I knew what was sort of involved in ramping up a new business. And which I think was why I was a little hesitant about it. Cause if I hadn't, hadn't had that experience, I might've just jumped right in, uh, because, uh, I wouldn't have known how hard it was going to be to do. Um, but eventually, um, they convinced me. And, and so I, I, the, the laws had changed in New York to make it easier for small producers to start. You could get a, a craft license and you could self-distribute, which really, and the cost of the craft license was, a tenth of what it had been before. So, or even less though, instead of it being $40,000 for the license, it was $2,000 or approximately kind of thing. And so it really made it something where I could, um, you know, do this as a, as a bootstrapped operation and, and see if there was any demand from the consumers and, and experiment with it. And again, coming from a tech background where it was, you know, you're used to iterating right in, in the digital world, nothing's ever finished. Right. So you, you put up a website and then you can constantly change it. It's not like, Oh, we, we, we're doing a physical product where you got to print the labels, you got to put it in the box, and then it's, you can't change it after it's out in the real world. Right. Whereas digital, you're, you're constantly iterating. So I was, I was used to that, that kind of mentality of, of iterating and starting small. And so I wanted to try and do this, a similar thing with, with, with this. And, and, and luckily the laws had changed to allow for me to be able to do something along those lines. And so the, the flavor, what you taste now in the bottle is not what we did for our very first batch. Um, and the interesting thing, actually, this is, this is one that really makes me happy is that um, the product that you get now in the store is better than what I made in my house. And that almost never happens. And um, so, so that notion of, of, you know, that handcrafted that we were talking about before, it's really hard to replicate at scale. Um, is true. And there's two things that happen. Number one, luckily, ginger um, doesn't need any preservatives. Uh, it acts as a preservative, especially with the amount of alcohol that we have in our, our product. So that, um, well, let me back up and, and take you through the process. So we're yeah, taking so, fresh so for ginger. people that haven't had, I mean, you're an industry city in Brooklyn. And it's it's such a great tasting room, a great production facility. I would say one of the most informative tours you're ever going to get from being able to really see the raw product and the systems it goes through and to get into the bottle. But for those that have never heard of this before, you're in 48 states and they should all be running out now to find it in their state, wherever they are. But what is this wonderful ginger liqueur, this, 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 this flavorful essence of what you do? So it's uh, literally four four ingredients. It's fresh ginger, water, sugar, and neutral cane spirit. Those are that's how we make it. We take uh, approximately two hundred pounds of fresh ginger. We trim it, wash it, uh, run it through our buffalo chopper, and uh, and macerate it in neutral in one hundred ninety proof neutral cane spirit. So it's basically a cold press process. We we don't peel it because there's a lot of great flavor in the skin. Um, and, uh, and then we macerate it for, um, the whole process is, is a minimum of a month from start to finish. Um, and so 
I, I basically scaled up the process I did at home. So I, I, I did it with fresh ginger at home and I, I do it now with fresh ginger. Um, at the time I was using uh, Everclear uh, because that's all I could get as a consumer. The, the, my base alcohol is, as I said, it's, it's a neutral cane, 190 proof. Um, it actually, I get it from a pharmaceutical grade supplier, not a beverage supplier. So the quality of the alcohol is incredibly clean. Mouth feels amazing. So, so the, the base spirit is, is better than what I was doing at home. And then on top of it at home, I was just grabbing the ginger that was in my local supermarket and uh, what we discovered is, is, and I didn't know this before I started, was there's there's not ginger is not just ginger. There's actually multiple types of ginger. There's Hawaiian ginger from Hawaii. There's Hawaiian ginger from China. There's Brazilian ginger. There's Thai ginger. There's Thai baby ginger. There's uh, there's organic Peruvian ginger. There's there's uh, Jamaican ginger, etc. So there's there's lots of different gingers out there, and they all have other uh, terroir. They all have different flavor profiles. And, and so, um, when we first started making it, uh, I just would go to the, the local, um, down the road, there's a, a, um, a produce market, a big produce market that also does a little wholesale. And I would get a case of ginger from them and it was whatever they had in, in stock. And it turned out the first time I got it, it was a, the box that Hawaiian ginger. And I was like, Oh, this is so cool. And then underneath is said product of China. Um, and, and that's the, that's the most common ginger that you're going to find in your supermarket, which is a Hawaiian varietal that's grown in China. And it, it those are the, the ginger root that the, it's not actually a root. It's a rhizome. It's a whole nother story, but we that's will a whole get different into podcast. <laughs> Google it. Um, and if you want to geek out on ginger uh, and why it's not technically a root, but uh, the fingers are, are very fat and bulbous. The skin is rough. And that's, that's sort of like your normal ginger that you're going to find. And then, so we, we start with that and then we combine it with an organic Peruvian and we blend the two flavors together to get the profile that, that we want. And, and so I wasn't doing that at home. So I have better, better alcohol in it, better, higher quality. And we're using multiple types of ginger and blending the two together. And then I'm also doing, uh, we also rack it. We don't filter it. I was filtering it at home. So there's fresh ginger in them. There's more fresh ginger in the bottle than there was before. Um, when you get a bottle, you'll see it's cloudy. That's because there's fine ginger particulates in suspension. So, so we really actually took the, the level of quality up a notch from what we were doing in my kitchen, what I was doing in my kitchen. Um, and that, that's a really rare situation where you actually end up with a better end results uh, on a homemade product than, than most cases. And then, and as I said before, the nice thing is that the, because we have that fresh ginger particles in suspension, it, it, it keeps the flavor you, you don't, we don't need the preservatives and, and uh, you get that really nice ginger, fresh flavor, even though it's been shipped all across the country. I love your enthusiasm and it's infectious. When you go to your tasting room, we've Dawn and I have taken the tour a number of times. We were just there again with Bar Convent. And what I love about visiting you is your first stop with what we do with getting organized for the day with Bar Convent. So we get to start out with this, this ginger liqueur. And it's it, it's a way to cleanse the palate, but it's 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 really a way to to revitalize and and get the systems going for what you're about to do for the day. What does something like Bar Convent mean for you and what you do and 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 to your team? So, I mean, Bar Convent Brooklyn is, uh, for those that don't know, it's a big industry uh, trade show uh, where uh, they have 
all the big brands are there in the liquor space, uh, your Diageo's, um, your Brown Formans, you know, that kind of stuff the, the of the world. And then a ton of independents and a ton of smaller brands. And, uh, and so you have beverage directors and you have distributors and you have bartenders and you have um, other people, journalists like yourself in this, in the space coming through. And, and for years, the first, I think three or four years, it was in existence. It was over in um, Greenpoint, Brooklyn, the other side of Brooklyn from us, which uh, for those of you not initiated in, uh, in Brooklyn, um, it's basically like the other side of the world. <laughs> um, even though it's still in Brooklyn, it's a good 45 minutes, an hour away from our side of Brooklyn. Brooklyn's a very big place. Uh, I don't think people quite understand how big Brooklyn is. And if it was its own city, I think it would be in the top five if you just spun Brooklyn out on its own uh, in the United States. So it's it's a big place. It's a big um, city with lots of traffic. And not yeah. a lot of, you know, you, you can't get from here to there in, in just a couple of seconds, no matter what time of day, it's going to take you a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're over in industry city and, and uh, two years ago, um, BCB moved over to industry city and industry city is, is this amazing place. Uh, if you haven't been, you definitely have to come. It's 6.6 .6 million square feet. It's I think a dozen independent build buildings that are sort of all connected. We call it a campus. Um, we're in, in, in building five, six, uh, bar convent is in building five and a little bit of six and mainly seven and eight is the, the main part of uh, BCB. And so, uh, we're sort of right in the middle of it all. And, and so the nice thing about it is it, it enabled us to, have people who are at BCB actually come and see our facility, which, you know, just getting a booth at a trade show, which we we did when it was over uh, in, in the Greenpoint area, uh, doesn't really tell the story. And so the nice thing about having it at BCB is it's it's in our backyard. And so we get to really show our, ourselves and give people the full tour as you you've experienced. And, and I think that makes a huge difference. And the other, the other thing about, I mean, for, for coming to industry city any day, it doesn't bar kind of, it doesn't have to be happening. Um, there's uh, in, in building three, four, there's, there's Japan village, which is the largest Japanese food hall in the city, as far as I know, and they have a Japanese grocery. And then they have a whole bunch of Japanese uh, home goods that are on the second floor. And, um, there's a chocolate making uh, chocolatier that's there. You can watch them make their chocolates. There's a Sahadi's market. There's a whole food hall. There's a whole bunch of furniture stores. So it's definitely, you know, we get people out who come out for the day. I don't know if you know Chelsea Market. It's the same people who 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 innovated there. And they came into Industry City about 10 years ago. And so it's like six times the size of Chelsea Market. And so it's, it's really an interesting thing. And we're on what's called Distillery Row. So there's us and uh, Fort Hamilton and Standard Wormwood and Gun Hill Brewing and Big Alice Brewery and uh, Brooklyn Curra, which is a sake producer. And we're all um, making, actually making stuff uh, at Industry City um, on a daily basis. So it's a, it's a really unique place to come to. Um, and then at our tasting room, we, we kind of, we call ourselves the New York tasting room where a tasting room of tasting rooms is like what we like to say, uh, because we're ginger liqueur. We, we mix with everybody. So uh, instead of, you know, your normal distillery where you go in and they have their bourbon and their rye and their vodka and their gin and you taste four or six different things that they make, uh, 
we uh, make one thing. So you come and you, you, you taste our ginger liqueur and you get a, a, a tour of how we make it uh, if you want. And then we have another 200 bottles of New York State spirits behind our bar and representing over 40 different distilleries. So you can do a gin flight and try, you know, if you're new to gin, you do our basic gin flight. If you're a gin aficionado, you would do our advanced gin flight. And you can try another five or 10 gins from a whole bunch of different distilleries around New York State and sort of experience what New York State has to offer when it comes to gin. Or you can do our bourbon flight or our whiskey 101 flight, where it sort of takes you through the different types of whiskeys. If you're a little new to whiskeys, you can do a single malt flight. And it's a really great experience because normally when you go to a distillery, you're tasting one distillery product and you know you may or may not like it. Uh, but in this case, like if you do the bourbon flight, you can taste five different bourbons from five different distilleries in New York state, and then literally go home with a bottle of your favorite bourbon, because as a tasting room, we cannot just serve by the glass, but we can also sell bottles of, of the stuff. And the thing, the one thing that that's different about our tasting room as well is that everything that's we sell and, and there is made in New York state and it's made with New York state agricultural products. So the one thing you won't find is you won't find any tequila and you won't find any rum because there's no agave grown in New York state and there's no sugar cane grown in New York state. So, so that's the only limitation is we don't, we don't have any uh, rums or, or agave spirits because of those, those issues. Pardon the interruption. If you like what you hear, if you love what you're hearing, please share the podcast. Please take a screenshot of the podcast, post it on your social media, tag us just to let everybody else know about Fermented Adventure, the podcast. We'd be grateful for your help to grow our podcast. As the mayor of Industry City, when did you determine... Um, you're a wonderful ambassador for the community. I think that's the other thing that resonates with me. It's it's the true neighborhood nature of when you walk in to Barrows, you feel welcome right away. It's like, hey, thanks for stopping by. And, you know, you take everybody through the process if they want to hear it, if they're interested, or you have these, you know, other spirits available. And I think one of the benefits of having that spirit bartender community come in for BarCon in Brooklyn is, you can really show off what this liqueur can do with a cocktail. And I have to tell you, the parties that we have, when people are asking for something a little bit different, let's say a cocktail, this is like one of my go-to secret weapons because it mixes so well with so many different things. It doesn't hide flavors. It amplifies flavors. But you stop and go, wow, what the heck did you just put in my cocktail? What did you put in my drink? Or as you said, let's have this neat, let's have this on ice and just enjoy it as it is. You have a very interesting business model to bring in those New York spirits and have your own product. Understanding that all this came out of, hey, a trip to Italy, how did you develop this business model that you have right now? So there's, there's sort of, I kind of view my business as three businesses. So there's, there's the tasting room, there's um, my production business, which is actually making the product and which is its whole other thing. A lot of people outsource that. Um, a lot of people don't make their own product. They, they have a, someone else manufacture it for them, bottle it for them, and they, they're just out there selling it, right? So, so that's one business in and of itself. And then the, the third business is our national 
distribution and sales business with in 48 states where we're trying to get the word out about our ginger liqueur uh, to everyone in, in the United States and hopefully in the future in the world. So, um, so it's really three different businesses that I'm running at the same time. Uh, and the reason, so a lot of times, you know, with craft producers, they'll say, own your home market, go, go deep, not wide and all that, which is, which is great advice. And, and I, I wholly embrace it for, for most distilleries out there. Um, but in my case, because I had a single product and it was a ginger liqueur, which is, a, which is considered a modifier in the industry, it's not a base beer. Most of the time, I'm not getting used as a two-ounce pour. Most of the time, I'm getting used as a half-ounce pour. If I'm lucky, three-quarters or an ounce, right, in a cocktail. Sometimes it's only a quarter ounce. So the amount of volume I can do per account and per store is much lower. Most of the time when people buy a bottle, they're not buying a bottle every week. They're not buying a bottle every month. They're buying a bottle every couple of months, maybe twice a year. If I'm, you know, if I'm lucky, they're, they're going through it fairly quickly. But most people aren't going through it as quickly as they go through their favorite bottle of bourbon, right? Uh, so, so my volumes per account are much lower than base spirits. And because of that, um, I needed to go wide instead of deep. Um, I need a lot more touch points. And so, uh, so that was sort of what I did. And that's how I ended up in 48 States um, as opposed to, and we were very strong in New York state, obviously it's our, our best market, but, uh, but we're, we're doing great in Texas. We're doing, we're doing great around the country as well. So, I mean, I, I point out Texas just cause Texas has been going gangbusters lately and shout out to the Texas team. Um, that being said, in terms of the tasting room, we didn't have our tasting room until about five years ago. We were originally just, um, we were actually up on the fourth floor in industry city. And so we didn't have any retail presence and they came up with this idea for the distillery row. And they were like, Hey, why don't you come down to the first floor and start selling on the first floor? And we had to sort of figure out what that looked like. And so my initial thought was, okay, you know, what's the consumer experience? You walk into a normal tasting room and you have five or six things and they take you through the whole process and the different things that they're making. And it's, it's a whole, you know, 10, 15 minute kind of experience. Whereas with my stuff, you come in, you have a taste of our ginger liqueur and. and so, you, do, you do taste of raw ginger so you can get the oh, yeah. full experience, but you get that too. Yes, but it's, it's a much more truncated kind of thing. And yes, we can kind of extend it out and make it a little bit more uh, involved. But it, I felt like there needed to be more, you know, there to, to warrant, you know, people walking in the door. And because you can drink it on its own, but because it, it's ginger and it's sort of a pure ginger expression, it mixes with everything. If you, if you look in flavor books, I don't know if you've ever seen, they have some like really interesting books on, I think it's called the flavor Bible. Um, I can't remember if that's the na- nickname of it or the real name of it. And, and it, it, you'll, you'll pick any, any flavor. So anise or lemon or whatever it is. And then it'll tell you all the other flavors that it complements and then the flavors that don't do it, don't work well with it and use cases and all that sort of stuff. And of all the flavors in that Bible, ginger is the most versatile flavor in the entire Bible. Literally, it works with almost everything. It, there's very few things it doesn't work with. And uh, it's just super versatile. So when you know I was about to launch the product, 
uh, we were having a, a, a party and one of my friends was there and he happened to be an uh, uh, ex-bartender and he was like, oh, well, have you ever made a cocktail with it? And I was like, no, because no. when I had originally, I'd never made a cocktail. Well, because I don't, I'd make these small batches. I'd have three bottles in a batch, you know, it was tiny. And so we were just serving it as a little digestif and the idea of putting in a cocktail was like crazy to me. Um, I also wasn't really a big cocktail nerd, so I didn't really know much about them. And so he started making cocktails with it and literally, you know, each cocktail he made was better than the next. And as, as you just said, you know, it, it, it works with everything. And, and so it was like, oh my God, all of a sudden it was like, wow, this is going to be great for cocktailing. And, and it turns out it is, we actually built an app, uh, which if you go, um, to, uh, mix and match app.com it will you can download it from uh from the android or apple store um and it's hundreds of recipes you pick your base spirit so if you're a rye guy or a bourbon guy or a tequila person or you know a, a gin person you pick your base spirit and then it it will give you a whole bunch of recipes using that base spirit uh and if we don't have the, the spirit that you like let's say you like i don't know is is there such thing as a you know, coconut gin, I don't know, but if there was, uh, you could put a request in for a coconut gin recipe and we would get back to you with it and update the app and, and expand it. Uh, someone did it with, there's a coconut uh, tequila that I didn't know existed and someone asked for it. So we, we now have a coconut tequila recipe in our app. Um, anyway, so it, it just mixes with everything. And, and so then I started saying, okay, well, I can sell these other distillery products, but I've been doing this for a while and had become friends with a bunch of the other distillers. And now I'm on the board of the distillers guild and the New York distillers guild. And so if I, I brought in, you know, Brian's gin, but I didn't bring in Derek's then, you know, or, 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 or you know, someone else's, they're going to, they're going to get mad. And so I was like, well, how do I decide who's to bring in and who's not? And so it, it was like, well, if I'm going to bring one in, I might as well bring them all in. So I went from like, having one gin to having 25 and, you know, 30 bourbons and, you know, 24 rise or whatever we have. I mean, we have over 200 spirits. It's a ton of stuff. And, and so we then went the other direction and said, okay, let's be the largest selection of New York state spirits anywhere in the world by the glass or bottle. And, and that's, that's how we leaned into it. And that's, and that's sort of where the, the idea for the tasting room came. And uh, it's been great. People love it. Um, and, uh, and it, I mean, but we also people come in and they, they get themselves a, a, a frozen mule and, and they're super happy with that. And, and that's that, you know, they don't, so it's, it, you don't need to delve into, you know, flights and all the rest of it. And you can just come in and have a really good cocktail too and enjoy yourself. Yeah. As you pointed out with industry city and the way it's set up, you've got all these wonderful food restaurants. These... Oh, yeah, I forgot. Well, hometown barbecues right across <laughs> the, the courtyard from us. How could I yeah, forget so... about them? They're the best. Oh my you God. Can, you can if you've never had a hometown, it's good. It's, it's, well, I'd like to say we've had it, but each time we've gone, they're out of stuff by the end of the night. So we need to get there earlier next time. You grab your cocktail and you can just literally, you know, grab a seat, sit outside, get some food, enjoy. There's entertainment there. There's so much going on. And I love the fact that you got with your tasting room, you have so many offerings for so many different people. You want a mule, you want a frozen drink, you want a cocktail, you want a flight, you just want to taste our spirits, you want to take home a bottle. I think a lot of this conversation, Josh, comes out of the idea of there's, this is, this is, you know, this is a craft spirits distillery and how it started from the beginning in your kitchen. From a trip to Italy, this is how it started. 
But now, if anybody, you know, is, is, is has the idea of, well, this is so fascinating is how you built your business. This is such a wonderful story to where you are today. You know, the, the the flavors here. I've been I've been enjoying just sipping this while we've been talking, and I don't get a chance to do that with a lot of the products because you know right now I'm looking at something that's basically 44 proof out of the yep. bottle. Um, yep. It goes in there a lot higher. Your proof in the, the uh, tank is how much? So it starts at 190. After the it's macerated, the the water content from the ginger brings it down to about 150. And then, uh, so you can actually, if you come to the tasting room, we, we, we call it triple X, uh, and you can, you can actually ha- taste it, uh, at the 150 proof and it's four times the ginger concentrate. It's, it's insane. You, you've had, had I it, have, right? and yeah. I think it's wonderfully delicious. It's a very great compliment to the liqueur you have. And it really gives you an idea of how, all right, this is where it starts and this is where it comes to. And and you're just the way you can enjoy this one on either spectrum. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean the 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 triple X is definitely not for the faint of heart, and you couldn't be sitting there sipping it if you had no. it in your glass for sure. Um, but yeah, that was so. The, the key for me when I was when when I was making it and then turning it into a product was how can I get the alcohol level as high as possible, the ginger level as high as possible, the sugar level as low as possible, where you're tasting just the ginger. You're not tasting the alcohol. And I, mean, I got people, oh, there's alcohol in this, uh, which is, I always take as a high compliment. Uh, and, and, but, you know, the first sip that you take, you'll, you'll, you'll notice the sugar because your brain is very good at registering sugars. But after that first sip, the sugars are, you're not really tasting the sweetness anymore. It's all about that ginger flavor. And, um, and yeah, it's an interesting thing because because sugar and and alcohol um, have the same receptors in your in your brain, uh, so that's why simple syrup is used in cocktails because it it's basically masking the alcohol. Uh, so when you're when you're drinking a cocktail, when you're drinking barrels, etc., your brain uh, is seeing the alcohol and the sugar on the same receptors, but the sugar is basically masking that that alcohol. And so that's that's why sugar is used in cocktails, to be honest. And that's why people like sweet cocktails. What I find with this is, and you mentioned that first sip, what I really enjoy is the viscosity of this. And it's almost as if you put this ginger hard candy in your mouth and just allowed it to melt. And that, as you pointed out, the sugars, but it just coats your tongue. It just really coats the inside of your mouth. And when you swallow, I think that's when the ginger just explodes. You, you want to do ginger. Oh yeah. You want to do something funky right now? Let's do it. Yeah. All right. So uh, what's your favorite whiskey? Um, I mean, any, not, 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 not brand style. No, I mean, I rye bourbon. I mean, okay. Pick, pick, pick a bottle behind you that you want to, you want to do this with. Actually, I picked up a bottle of um, this is red pump. They're out of uh, Washington, Pennsylvania. And okay. uh, it's Excellent. a straight, it's a straight white rye whiskey, 102 proof. All right. So now take two shot glasses. I got, now I got to get a shot glass. Hold on. Two, two of them. All right. You got two take, shot glasses. I got two glasses. Yeah. All right. Pour half a pour of your whiskey in one. Okay. And half a pour. So you, you're making the whole shot, but you're doing it in two glasses. Gotcha. 
Right. So half in the, half in the whiskey. So about a half, half an ounce and a half an ounce. Exactly. All right. So good thing is I have nothing left to do for the rest of the day. So uh, excellent. All right. All right. And, then, so now, and then the so same now, thing with the, uh, the, the ginger. Yeah. Right, this is like, we're like doing cocktails on the podcast today. This is great. Or, or, or you're, experiment. you're, you're building a cocktail in your mouth. Experimenting. All right. I just did that. Right. Now what? What do you think is going to happen next? Well, I'm going to take one and then I'm going to take the other. Yeah. Which are you taking first? I think I want to take the ginger and then follow with the whiskey. Was that right? So I can't do them both at the same time, Josh, because I'll spill all it, down it, my chin. So. Exactly. But so, you know, the pickleback, right? Yeah. Right. So normally with a pickleback, you do the whiskey and then you do the pickle as the chaser. Right. Right. Most most things you do the whiskey and then you chase it. Right. Right. You were exactly right. You're flipping it. Right, because you mentioned all with the, the things with the, the sugars and yep. what that's going to do to my brain, right? Right, and and the fact that, the and you were talking about the viscosity and how it coats your, your palate. Right. So what happens is you take the, the ginger, well, I'll let you do it, and then we'll talk right. about what happened. All right, here we go. Start with the ginger and then go finish with the whiskey. Okay, I got sourness. I got more grain forward. I didn't get the ethanol as much of the whiskey. And I've had that whiskey a number of times and it changed the flavor profile of that whiskey in the initial but, offering. But what's going on in your mouth now? Burn, um, oakiness, um, tingling. I get the tannins from the, the wood now. You still get the ginger? Honestly, I don't. Really? I don't. Maybe I need to do this experiment. We're just going to do this again and again until I get it right. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I didn't, I, I, I didn't, and, and it, I don't know. It just, for me, um, what really well, happened is when that whiskey, when that rye hit my palate, it almost like picture being on a beach and getting hit and crashed by a wave and, and the, the ginger almost the, 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 it, the barrows set my palate up. And it almost became this cleansing, this this amuse to what I was expecting with what I was going to get to the ride. Um, I still get that tingling, and and to your point, that tingling still could be the ginger, but I, I got a sense that that was more the the rye grain. I got a sense that more was the proof of the rye. But I'm gonna what, now. What, this what, is going to be a party thing. I'm going to do this with everybody. We have yeah. a party coming up on Saturday. I'm going to see what people say about it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, so I mean, I, I don't. Is that an overproof fry? It's 102 proof. Okay. So yeah. Maybe so, the proof so, was too high. So it's a little high. But that that, that that's so. What, but what what happens is because the ginger's very, the barrel intense is very viscous, it coats your taste buds. So then it's sort of protecting them, if you will. And then you get a blend of the two. So you're basically making that cocktail in your mouth. And then the finish is, is going to be the rye. But there should be a lingering of the ginger as well going on there. And I don't know if you did a, a little. It, it looked like when you took it, you instead of shooting it, you kind of did a, a, a swallow where you kind of kept it in your mouth for a sec before you put it down with the, with the rye. But, but it, it, it's, it's a really weird thing. Normally, you wouldn't think to do a shot where you're finishing with the, with the whiskey, but because that the ginger coats your taste buds, it actually works really well. I, 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 you seem to enjoy it. Oh, I loved it. I've learned so much on this podcast. And one of the things I've learned is maybe I'm not a good sample for the whole survey idea of how to do this. Uh, was I supposed to swallow the ginger or keep it in my mouth or do it together? 
I'll nope, need directions. Just swallow one, swallow the next. All right. I'm but, gonna, it, I'm but, gonna but you enjoyed it, and that's that means. Oh, you I did loved it, right. it. No, I yeah, loved yeah, it. And exactly. You know, here's the thing. We've had these conversations quite often, and I'm sure it depends for let's say even for what you have with this barrows. You know, it depends on what you ate before. It depends on what you had to drink. What's your palate like that day? Um, and and I've been sipping the ginger for a while too, so yep. my palate kind of got um, to acclimated to it. So for me, here's what I did. I loved it. I can't wait to share this with other people. And from a standpoint of what I found right out of the gate when I did take that whiskey and I did swallow it was, again, what it, I almost got this sourness out of the whiskey. I almost got these other flavors that I really have never seen in that whiskey and experience. So that yeah, created it, a whole it, new experience. Yeah, it enhanced the whiskey. Wow, sure. I didn't. We never know what to expect on the podcast. We, you know, you, you take us the, the thing. The thing that the thing that I love, uh, it, you know, what's your what's the best way to drink it? You know, and I, I, that question to me is just, you know, one where there's not a right answer. And I, I think people get caught up in like, oh, what's the what? How should I drink with you know whiskey? I, I, you know, when you go to a tasting, and it's like, there's no right answer. You know, you you might like it straight. You might like it with a couple drops of water. You might like it over the rocks. You know, you may like it in a cocktail. They're all right answers. As long as you're enjoying yourself and enjoying the spirit and doing it responsibly, you have to put that in there. <laughs> you know, then then you're doing it the right way. There's no there's no wrong way to do it. I think the only thing that I would say is is would be the wrong way is if you don't try it in different ways to figure out what works for you. Mm -hmm. So I know for me that, you know, what I like and it's different from other people, but I've tried all of the different ways of, of, of experiencing whiskeys. Right. And, and so I think that that's the only wrong thing would be to, to not try the different ways to figure out what fits you. And I also know when it comes to whiskeys, bourbon's not my jam. I'm a, I'm a rye guy. I'm a single malt guy, you know, Irish whiskey's not, not so much, you know, so, 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 but I know that because I've tried them all and, and, and tasted them and experienced it. And so I think that's sort of the, the key with all this stuff is there is no right answer. Don't, don't beat yourself up if, oh, well, this person on some silly, you know, podcast said, this is the way you have to do. No, 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 no. Everyone's different. Everyone has a different way of approaching things and, you know, drink it over the rocks, drink it in a cocktail, you know, drink it with, with whiskey, drink it with tequila, whatever it is. As long as, as, as that you enjoy it, then that's the right answer. And I think that, you know, people get caught up too much in, in you know, the perfect way. No, no, no. But, but do experiment and figure it out because it, it's radically different depending on, on how you serve it. And, and that's for all spirits. To your point, Josh, you could add this to tea, hot tea. Mm -hmm. I you do. Could, you could make this and you could make a sauce out of this or a glaze for yep. food. I can yeah, see if you go on our website, food. there's food recipes. Yep, it's really great to cook with. Uh, in the winter, I definitely will have lemon, honey, hot water, and this is great on the throat. Nice, nice end of the evening, sleep well kind of thing, especially if you're not feeling great. Um, I made milkshakes with it. Take this, take vanilla ice cream, take Kahlua, which you would never think, right? Throw it in a blender. Boom, you got this amazing, boozy milkshake. It's delicious. It's stupid yummy. Um, I've done it over, I've, you know, done it like uh, uh, over, over ice cream just as a drizzle, you know, as a, as a little extra thing there. 
um, it, it done a glaze over a ham, uh, carrots, um, all sorts of stuff. It's fun. It's really fun. It's super versatile. And it's because it's fresh ginger that you're dealing with. So anything that you would do with fresh ginger in cooking, you can use this and it, it adds also a little sweetness to, uh, whatever you're cooking as well. So it's nice. Barrows. How does the name Barrows come into all this to what you do? So, um, <laughs> reason I'm laughing. It, it, it's, it's, have you ever heard the, the, you know, what, what's your porn name, which was like the street you grew up on and your kids and, and your first pet, right? Uh, so, so, uh, the, Wait, the street, mine would be enter turn Snoopy. I mean, that doesn't sound like a good porn name. If you're asking me, I mean, I always thought it was like, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what that was, but I, I thought it was a different <laughs> variation, but yours is very interesting too. <laughs> I'm coming um, to one of your parties, Josh. I mean, these sound like wonderfully, uh, fascinating discussions that go on. We try and have fun. Um, so Barrows, Barrow Street in, in, in New York City is where I live and it's where it was invented. And so and intense is the flavor and my wife likes to say my personality. So uh, so we just took the two and put it together. And that's how we came up with Barrows Intent. Okay. It's really it's, you know, going back to its original origins in my kitchen. That's where the Barrows comes from. See, I love that because if you look at it and you're like, you just you just live with it, but you don't find out, I would have been remiss not to learn where the name comes from. So thank yeah, you. And for, that. for us, it also felt like it, it was an old name. And so it felt like, okay, this has been around for a long time. And and so that's kind of why we went with it was it had this this feeling that, it, it, it you know, this could have been something in the 18, 1920s that existed, right? And, and that, that was one of the other reasons that we, we chose it. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, we hope we'll, we'll be around in another hundred years. Right? Well, we'll try. We'll, we'll, we'll try to continue to help you stay in business to the best that we can do. Looking at that, Josh, what's the future look like for Barrows Intense and what you're doing? So, I mean, the, the, if you're in the New York metro area, please come visit us at the tasting room. I think, uh, you'll, you'll really enjoy yourself. And, and obviously the rest of the industry cities, it's a great, it's a great trip. Um, and if you're around the rest of the country, um, we're in 48 States. We're not in West Virginia. We're not in Vermont. We, we, we're looking at West Virginia, but they're, they're, it's a small state. It's a control state. So there's, uh, it's a little harder to, to you work mean with. to tell me you're in Pennsylvania or, and, and, and one of the hardest states to me to get into, but you're not in West Virginia or Vermont. I mean, Vermont, you just throw a couple bottles over the state line and then you're there, right? Well, actually, actually, uh, both, both, all three states are what's called control states. I don't know if right. you've had this conversation on your podcast before yes Most people being from pennsylvania know what that means uh and and pennsylvania is is a hard state to work with because it's a control state but as far as control states goes it's not the worst of them it's actually in the middle of of difficulties uh and and it, it and so we're special order in pennsylvania um but uh, but Vermont and and West Virginia are, are are control states as well, and they're they're a little bit difficult to work with, and they're also very small markets. So the the bang for the buck of of the effort just wasn't there yet. Um, we we just finished uh, being on the cocktail menu at PF Chang's for Chinese New Year. Uh, we were we were on their menu um, with uh, rabbit hole uh, rye, uh, in a, it was a great cocktail uh, called Down the Rabbit Hole, and and so. 
with that, we we were in a lot of a lot of states because PF Chang's in a lot of states. Um, but we we were in we we're just talking to another national account that had has some spots in West Virginia. So we need to potentially get into West Virginia for that to service them. Um, and 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 that's really like what we're one of the things we're hoping is is to sort of grow those sorts of uh, opportunities in the national accounts um, so that that people can get us in more places and it's more easy to find. And then we're also, um, we have a, a new sort of push that we're doing around the mule mosa. Um, go to mulemosa.com for the recipe. Um, and it basically, you know, you take the Moscow mule and the mimosa. So your favorite French cocktail and one of the favorite cocktails out there and you put them together, uh, and, and you end up with the mule mosa. And so that's our, our sort of new fun thing that we've been playing around with and, and hoping to get that out into more places, which will drive consumer engagement, which will then help with getting into more liquor stores and, and just getting it in front of people. Cause I think that it's a little intimidating at first when people get our stuff, cause they're like, I don't know what to do with it. And, you know, it's this intense ginger flavor and it's a little scary. And so uh, providing people a really easy uh, sort of introduction to it that that they can get their brains around, I think is is super important for us. And so we we actually came up with these copper. Um, I don't know if I showed them when you were visiting. I mean, copper. Um, I have to send you a pair. Uh, copper um, uh, champagne flutes. And so it's basically your your traditional mimosa with the shot of barrows in it. So really, See, as you were talking, the reason why the Moscow Mule, I mean, it, it's it's the copper, it's the vessel, yep. and yep. it's also the look of that mimosa coming out of the champagne flute. I I love. Look, here's the thing. First of all, make a point to go to Industry City. Make a point to visit Barrow's Intense Ginger. You know, for for what you will experience, you will become a raving fan as Dawn and I have. And this will be like, how do I get a hold of this? How do I restock? How do I make sure I always have this on hand? But I'll tell you what, if you're not offering some sort of high level business class for students to learn how to run and expand and grow a business, then you should be in the two or three minutes you have left where you're not sleeping in a day. But seriously, all these ideas and all these things that you presented to me, you know, from a, 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 a successful business and a successful entrepreneur, Josh, that, that is, that is so just wonderful. That's a gift. So thank you for, for providing that to, to oh, me my and pleasure. the listeners, what you're doing. Well, I, I'm, I'm always open to coaching people and helping people out if you're starting out and, or, you know, it doesn't have to be liquor related. Um, I'm a big fan of small business and entrepreneurs and, you know, happy to help out with people. Um, actually have a, a good friend in, in Pennsylvania, uh, shout out to base for stands over there. Uh, he makes these amazing, uh, mic stands for uh, musicians and um, completely off topic, but uh, you know, he, he was trying to figure out, you know, about how to always grow his business. And so I'm sort of on his advisory board for that. And, and I love doing that. It's super fun. And um, yeah. So if you're a musician and, and you need uh, to mic your drum set or your, you got a grand piano, you need to mic prone or you got a quartet. He's got these modular mic stands that are super cool where you know, one mic stand takes the place of four mic stands or five mic stands, and it can do all sorts of things that you really hard to do with traditional mic stands. So uh, it's really cool stuff. Um, but but yeah, and I put that off, that offer out to anybody on on your podcast if if you need someone to bounce ideas off or advice. I'm I'm uh, very open to it. 
All right, heads up to Tom and Kim Bard of the Bard Distillery because they're going to be opening up their music venue and they need these base four stands. So they should be ordering a bunch and uh, making sure they're well outfitted for the um for, are, they in, the are they in Pennsylvania? They're in Kentucky. Oh, Kentucky. All right, cool. I, I want to say this has been such a wonderful treat just to just to sit here. We 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 haven't had this experience, Josh, where I could just sit here and drink your liqueur and just talk to you. But it's the experience that I'm having is this ginger just it, it, the 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 earthiness, the spiciness, the sweetness. Like you said, it's a low proof. You don't realize the alcohol is there, but it is a warming experience. You yeah. do recognize, hey, I'm I'm getting a little buzzed, and now I understand why. This is we've talked about it on the podcast today on so many levels. You can mix this with cocktails. You can drink this neat. You can put this over ice cream. You can put it in food. It's so versatile. Forty-eight states. Go out there and grab it. Go to your representatives in Vermont and West Virginia and say, "What's wrong? Forty-eight have them. We don't. You need to stock this." If your local liquor store doesn't carry it. We are with major distributors in every state. We're not with any super tiny boutique distributors. We're with Republic National, Johnson Brothers, Breakthrough, the 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 big guys in most in almost all the states, uh, in all the states. Um, so if your local liquor store doesn't have it, it's super easy for them to get. They already have an account with our distributor. They're already ordering for it. So it's easy for them to add it to their next order with that distributor. It isn't this niche. It is a niche thing. It's a very small brand, but at the same time, we have a, a, a good footprint. We have great distributor partners. Shout out to all of them. Thank you for supporting us. Um, and, uh, and, and so that's the, the, the thing that is really helpful for us is when we get that pull from consumers. So if, if you go into your liquor store and they don't have it, you can say, Hey, you know, please bring this in. And, and, and you're, if you, if you, if they have another ginger liqueur, you know, you can tell them they got the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> And, Josh, and, there- and, and that's just not me saying it. Actually, we 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 we've been honored. It's really nice. We got the highest rating from wine enthusiasts uh, for any ginger liqueur uh, out there with a ninety three. Uh, Drink Hacker did a roundup of all the ginger liqueurs in the market, and we won that one. Uh, so we we have been you know outside verified as the best ginger liqueur in the market. That's just not me saying that. That's not Rich saying that. That's that's no. The, I haven't the, said the, it, the but I will say it. No, I, wait, wait. <laughs> I can be an expert too. No, I mean you, you are an expert. You yeah, are an expert. I, yeah, but no, this is this is why I say this is like that little secret weapon. This is like something that you've 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 been doing what you've been doing for a time, but there's still so many people that can be introduced to what you're doing. And this is why I say, hey, sure. hey, have you had this? Wow, mind blown. All right, how do I get some of this? Where do I get it? You know, where do I find it? So is there anything that we, we've talked about a lot today? Is there anything we haven't talked about on the podcast that you want people to know about you or Barrow's Intense Ginger Liqueur? Um, I mean, the one thing that, that I, I would say, you know, for me is – this should be a staple of, of every bar. You know, you got to have all your base spirits. So you got your, your, your rum and your tequila and your gin and your vodka, et cetera, et cetera. And then you're going to have a triple sec and you're going to have a vermouth. Um, and then 
this is this is the the next thing in your bar that you're going to want to have to really step up your 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 home cocktailing game. And 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 so uh, I'll, I'll, a few years back, I was in Georgia and, and Atlanta, and I was visiting a bartender, and and he he was talking about um, how bartenders had called Saint Germain the bartender's ketchup, right? Put it on and everything, it's kind of sweet, etc. And and he's like, but your stuff, it's the bartender's mustard because it works <laughs> with everything and it's spicy. Got a little, a little spice to it, so it, it it brings everything up. Uh, so yeah, so I definitely would 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 say uh, it it it. Uh, it but I, I as I said, I love it. I love drinking it. I'm just on the rocks. Just neat. It's delicious to sip on. Um, or if you if you keep it in your freezer and chill it, then you drink it without the the, the ice. Um, and there's no wrong way to drink it for sure. But you you are right about it. It 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 just brightens up those co- every any cocktail you're making. Just add a little extra of this in, and you know, take any of your favorite cocktails that you've been making before. And we have we actually have a, a little a little card that we made when we first started, where we took 40 classic cocktails and what we said we intensified them, where we either removed or or just added our ginger liqueur to it. And it, it really does. It really adds a new dimension to to whatever cocktail you're doing, and that's a lot of fun. So. Um, and if you want- if you have any questions about where to get it, you can go to our website, barrowsintense.com, and uh, there's a location finder you can put put in your zip code, and it'll show you the closest place to you. And once again, if if there isn't a place close to you, uh, we also have a list of our distributors by state, so you can go in your local liquor store and you can say, oh, they're with Republic National, they're with RNDC, and in my state, they're with Johnson Brothers, they're they're with you know Breakthrough, etc. Um, Bedway, that. On and on and on. So, uh, Empire, New York. Um, so, uh, yeah, easy to get, easy to e- easy for the local liquor store to get if if they don't carry it, and that's that would be super helpful for us. And um, here's yeah. what I would just tell them, Josh: if and you come visit us in the store, city. just get on the plane, get in your car, get in the train, go to Barrows and the Ginger, go to the source, <laughs> because to me, that's that's where you just get the whole experience. And that's where even what's in this bottle becomes even more intense. It just becomes more of that wonderful experience to say, I I remember the first time I was there. I remember the second time I was there. You know, again, the way you and your staff welcome people in and you get the full vibe of Industry City, it's just a wonderful experience. So, yeah, if you're if you're you know, if you're not uh, doing anything for the next 12 months and you need travel plans. There you go. That's what you need to do. And and there's some other things to do in Brooklyn and New York City as well. Besides us, if you come, you know, I'm sure you'll be able to fill up your day. <laughs> if people want to find you on the uh, socials, where do they go? Uh, it's real simple. We're barrowsintense.com on our website. We're barrowsintense on Instagram and Facebook and uh, Twitter. I think we're still on Twitter. Um, we don't do a lot on, on, on Twitter, but we're mainly, we do a lot on Instagram as sort of our main social. I think we're Barrows Intense on TikTok as well, but don't do a lot on TikTok. All right. Check out um, Josh dancing with some ginger on yeah. uh, TikTok. Josh, thank you so much today. I know you've got a lot on your plate, really busy. And uh, just this time today, I'm very grateful for your time. I'm honestly, I'm grateful for you and your friends for being able to have this experience 12 years later. Because, hey, if you hadn't made that trip to Italy, if your friends hadn't been jonesing for a little bit more of your ginger liqueur, you know, I, I think the world's so much a better place now 
because Aww. of what you do and, and what you provide. I, I really do. And when That's you're, super sweet. It might be, it may be all the, the, the ginger talking, but nah, uh, I really, I really appreciate it. You guys have been super awesome. I love every time you come to visit and it's been really enjoyable getting to talk to you for more than 30 seconds without 500 other people, you know, yelling at me at the same time. So <laughs> I really appreciate actually just getting a, a good one-on-one and, 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 uh, and um, I, I'm looking forward to you guys coming out for your next visit. And um, and yeah, I, I thanks a lot. Thanks, Josh. Looking forward to seeing you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.